Um, I'm starting a, a series starting today to get towards the holiday called Celebrating Christmas, and uh, it's going to be a, a four-week series, and uh, I'm excited not only about this series, but I'm excited about what's coming after that. So we've been doing some studying, and just I want to talk about uh, stay at your post after that, after the first of the year, and just see what we can do as, as believers and how to walk some things out. So we're going to give you some answers. Isn't it great to come to church and find out how to, how to fight? And to, to fight, you know, the way that God wants you to fight, because you know when God is involved, he always wins. And so um, I'm just, I'm excited to do that. But, you know, the, the thing about this holiday is sometimes people get lonely. And um, so the best way to battle that, or one of those best ways, find a church family and start serving. For real. I mean, because when you start helping other people, it just kind of, God helps you, and it's, it's pretty amazing. So come to Connection. I actually teach that class next week, and I'll be excited to see you. If you fill out the Connection card, I mean, we don't come to your house and bug you, and we'll get you a free T-shirt. Just take that to the, uh, the guest kiosk out there, the guest service. So they'll make sure that you get that as well. All that being said, there was two boys, Timmy and Tommy, and they were staying at Grandma's house, and it was Christmas time. And Grandma said, you boys, you got to go to bed, and I want you to say your prayers. And Timmy starts out, God, thank you for providing all of these great toys for me on Christmas. And he's yelling at the top of his lungs, I thank you for my new bike. And Tommy says, brother, God's not deaf. He can hear you. He said, I know, but Grandma can't. There's your joke for today. But hey, I'm going to get started on this. I just wanted to do this to, to start off the Christmas season. Now, this is pretty cool. I'm going to get a volunteer. This is pretty cool. Now, got this, got this, got this. This is going to be awesome. I'm telling you, it's going to be awesome. Now, my dad, if he recognizes this, this is your old Red Rider BB gun. No compass in the stock, but... Uh, I think uh, one of the Coons boys said, I've got one of those. I said, not like this. Yes, I do. My dad has one. I said, well, my dad's 80 years old, and this was his when he was a boy. He goes, okay. <laughs> but I'm going to get a volunteer because I am going to shoot this balloon. And I'm, look, look at the people raising their hands. <laughs> Taylor, I know that you'd like that, but I, I, you have a lot of your life left to live. Uh, I'm going to use my uncle. Yes, yes, I'm so glad you're here, Tom. Give him a hand. Isn't that great? Come on, oh, look. Now, this is, we are a faith-believing church. <laughs> now, this is a special request from Sandy. No, it really isn't. <laughs> All right, now, this is, uh, this is an official Red Rider, but I want to make this even more cool because it's Christmas, and we have to believe in the kingdom of God. And, you know, Tom, so I'm really, I'm, I, I, you know, I, I, I'm an expert. I'm, I'm, I'm an expert now. Yeah. Now, let me, let me get this ready. Okay, yeah, just, just hold the balloon up, Tom. I got it. Just, just, no, no, wait, no, no, no. I, I want you to, want you to, yeah, right there. Yeah, yeah, that's it. This is, is going to be good, isn't it? Yeah. 
ever tell you about the time I was in prison for, no, never mind. Wait, okay. No, 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 no. Down to your, I got to see it. You're out of focus. On top of the head. Come on, Fig Newton. On top of the head. There you go. There you go. All right. <laughs> All right, here we go. Here we go. Now, wait. Now, I'm an expert, Tom. Okay, one. Oh, wait, wait. There you are. Don't move. Two. So it was a slow BB, okay? <laughs> Let me get another balloon, Tom. <laughs> awesome. Give him a hand. I think too much air got out of the balloon. It was too... <laughs> All right. Isn't it fun just to have fun in church? It's just good. Now, there's a reason I did that, and I'll show you in just a second. But today, we are, we are in the Christmas season. Thanksgiving is over, and I, I hope you had a great uh, Thanksgiving. Um, but now we've got, you know, when I was a kid growing up, it was all about the list. You know, the one, the naughty or the nice list. I was always on the nice list. <laughs> But when I was growing up, my mom had a list, and she ran off that list for Christmas. And she would say to me, if you don't put anything on the list, you won't get anything under the tree on Christmas. Don't be yelling at me if you didn't make out your list. So I made a list. Most of the time, I never got anything that ever made on the list. I don't remember putting underwear on my list, mother. But she would take those wonderful packages, divide them up, and I'd get three presents. Underwears come in a three-pack. <laughs> but life can be like that. Can it be like, you know, sometimes we, we, we put things... There's nothing wrong with making lists. I, I'm, I'm all for lists. I make lists. But, but in the earth system, sometimes it is just that way. It is just simply something on a list. But the kingdom has another way. The kingdom has a way that's amazing because it always works. God's word always works. Say that with me. God's word always works. And so it's amazing to find God in the midst of all of this if we would just apply what he's trying to teach us. There's stuff the world wants. They want fruit. They've seen everything the way it's happened, but they want to see somebody that comes in and goes, how did that happen? Not just stuff, but how about peace? Joy, happiness, overflow. If we're honest, everybody in here wants something. It doesn't have to be materialistic, but we just want happiness. It is the season of giving, the season of perpetual cheer, peace on earth, goodwill towards men, time for ourselves. That's what somebody wants. Just leave me alone. Vacation. The kids are out of school. Oh, glory to God. And there are people that just want stuff. I get it. Maybe this is the year you're going to say, I wonder if that tongue on the flagpole thing really works. Probably not. Maybe your kid or grandkid wants an official Red Ryder 200 model shot air rifle with a compass in the stock. I did see those at Walmart, actually, and it just made me chuckle. But, of course, we don't want them to shoot our eye out. Maybe you're looking for that perfect tree because Thanksgiving's over. 
and you're like, okay, I want to find the tree. It has to be the tree. Kim and I have put up trees, usually on Halloween time, and we celebrate. You know that story. But we got to the point where we were like, now she does this, I, I mean, because she's just good at it. She, how many women in here can relate? You can't just put up a tree and just throw lights on it. See, the women are like, thank you. Because she has to take that, shape the tree. The tree must be shaped. And the lights are in and out and all around, so when it's turned on, it looks so amazing. Guys, we don't do that. We just kind of like walk around the tree and do that. But So after all of these years, we were doing that, and it would take her literally a long time. We decided to get each other a present. We got a tree that when you put it up, the branches go, thank you. And it's pre-lit. I don't know if that's sacrilegious or not, but we like it. Works out pretty well. Um, maybe you're, this year you're saying, you know, I had something when I was a kid. How many remember a toy you got when you were a kid and you can't find it now? Or you wish you would have saved it? And you're like, oh. You know, some of the things that I collect, nobody else would probably collect. But when I was little growing up, they, they meant something to me or they marked my childhood. Maybe you like Rock'em Sock'em Robots. My mom and dad had gotten me Rock'em Sock'em Robots when I was a kid. Maybe the game, my sister had this game. Anybody else have Mystery Date? Open the door for your mystery date. Toss across. Betty Crocker Easy Bake Oven. Jarts. Yeah, we, we played with those all year round until we started impaling all the neighborhood kids and got in trouble. <laughs> Maybe it's certain kinds of clothes. Big bell-bottom jeans. My sister had jeans. They were called elephant bell-bottom. You could hide a missionary on furlough in those things. I mean, they were just huge. You could put them. I mean, they were huge. And they had to, they couldn't be, they had to drag the floor. They had, and they had to have kind of gnarly at the end because they dragged the floor. And then you had to have these hip hugger bell bottom thingies. Jean jackets are back in and they were in. She had a jacket and I'm, I hope I get it right, a CPO jacket. But it was like a flannel shirt on steroids jacket. But she loved it. She couldn't wait to get that. New gloves. Maybe you want a pair of new gloves, or I remember wanting Converse tennis shoes. Remember when penny loafers were popular? Point is, we all had expectations. I, I want this, I want that. You might say, I didn't want anything, Brett, not me. Well, your expectation is still there. You didn't want anything. You're expecting nothing. What if we were just saying, this year I want to get the whole family together? We want to go see the Christmas lights. And when the kids were little, we called them the Peter Pan lights. They were over in Southern Brook Park. And that grew every year. When we were, we'd come back for the holidays, they'd have all the different things. And Mallory, when she was just knee-high to a grasshopper, she'd go, Peter Pan! Peter Pan lights! And we'd, you know, and you could hear the music and just thought that was so great. Maybe you, you just want on Christmas Eve, I don't know, anybody else in here like eggnog? I like eggnog. I only drink it usually about once a year, but I like to drink it on Christmas Eve. Maybe just listen to Christmas music. Of course, if you're like us in the office, it's on all year round. So we do listen to that quite. Maybe you just want to watch Will Ferrell in Elf and be glad you don't have to wear tights. 
But what we're, the issue we're having is not everybody is on the same expectation list. Maybe their expectations aren't your expectations. Maybe their, their life has been a little more this, and, and you haven't got to experience that, and maybe, you know, so they have different things. But we all have lives to live. We've got schedules to keep, personal feelings of the holiday itself. Some, maybe you're, you know, you're going to see some people at the holidays that are in your family that you're glad you only get to see them once or twice a year. The world that we live in, in ways sometimes, is on high alert, depending on what's going on with the government. We've all lived through COVID. Prices on everything have gone up, food and all of those things. And it almost seems like, Brett, how do we have peace on earth, goodwill towards men? It just seems like chaos, but we need to understand God is still on the throne. And sometimes we are so engrossed by what is going on in our world to realize there is still a lot of good out there. And there were things, you know, we just listened to a teaching from Andrew Womack. Things were much worse way back when. In the, world, in the Civil War, we lost more people than we've ever lost anywhere. They gave their lives for freedom. There's things in life that happen now that are more negative, and people sometimes tend to flow with that. Usually it's non-believers. Most believers at least have the, the hope, and that's one of those fundamental beliefs that Jesus is coming back, and we believe that, and so there is a positive answer there. But we have to guard ourselves against negative thinking, don't we? about negative speech, even maybe the stress of the holidays. The true meaning, it's not really in the stuff. Jesus is the reason for the season, but we've got to change our mindset, and that's what we're doing this morning. The answer is always found in God's word. So I want to encourage you this season. Everybody gets to deal with obstacles. In this life, you will have tribulation. Have you ever been out on Black Friday? Remember when the stores never did anything before Black Friday? And they opened up like at four in the morning? There have been stories of people getting trampled by people just trying to get a sale. Like, are you kidding me? We have been, I've watched a guy take something right out of somebody's cart because they were out and he walked by while the woman was looking at something else, grabbed it and took off. And she's yelling and I'm like, well, he went that way. That first Christmas that we read about had troubles as well. So I want us to look at that this morning. An angel comes to Mary and tells her what's going to happen, Luke 1, 38. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. Everything you have said, may everything that you have said about me come true. And the angel left her. Mary says yes. The angel comes to her and says, this is what's going to happen. You're the one that's going to have the Messiah. She says, I'm in. You can count on me. Matter of fact, one one version says, let it be as you said. Have you ever said that? If you've ever said that, okay, I agree with that. Let it be as you said. We almost, that's almost followed in today's society because sometimes people have just this entitlement. It should be all taken care of. If it's like what you said, I'm sure you've got all the bases covered. It's all on you. All I need to do is sit back and watch. It should be easy peasy. I'm on coast. And everything that God gives you, we know that we must not only believe that we receive, but we have to put our hand to it. 
So many times things like that are followed by an attack of the enemy when we say yes to God. And we find ourselves saying, what is happening? What just happened? What's going on? Why is this falling apart? You need to understand the enemy's never going to lay down and roll over. Never. For what God wants to do and through you and with you. The enemy's going to fight you. He's going to try to stop you, get you off course. But he is defeated. You need to understand this. And I'm, I'm telling you, something that Kim and I have really just come to grips with, especially in this last year, is this right, right here. And it will change your life. He's defeated. You know why the Bible says you're more than a conqueror? Because Jesus already conquered him. He's already defeated. You don't have to conquer him again. It's already been done. That's why you're more than a conqueror. So coming from a point of victory, he can only do to you what you allow him to do. Let's talk about the cost of following God. A first thought this morning, and Mary and Joseph had to walk through this, not everything is as it appears. Now some of you, hopefully, have figured out I wasn't really shooting a BB at Tom. Some of you, hopefully, realize I wouldn't shoot a BB at Tom. Some of you probably wish I would have shot. No, you probably did. Come on, it would have really spiced it up if it would have really been loaded. But not everything is that it appears. And that's how the enemy tries to get us. He tries to deceive you. That's his weapon. Fear and deception. And this is what happened to Mary and Joseph. It, you can, your mind can go into a lot of different directions, can it? Have you ever thought this happened or this and it really never happened, but you didn't believe the best in someone and so you just assumed because of what it appeared like? I'm guilty of that. We must keep an open mind to the word of God and allow God to help us understand his way. Not everything is what you see. Matthew 1.18, this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, she was still a virgin. She became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's go a little deeper. We have taken these stories and we've made them fit our American theology, so to speak. They don't seem to make sense if we match them to the Bible. They're not as true as what the Bible says. And so we lose sometimes the value of this. So we're going to pull this back a little bit. But there is a cost for obedience. It has a price. The payoff is huge, but there's an assignment to do. When we started True Life Church in TLC and he told us to start the church, we, you know, we were, there was no salary or anything. We paid for everything. That's what we did. We just like, okay, God, how do we do that? We didn't start the church for money. We still don't do the church for money. Do you understand? It is a God thing. We have these cookie-cutter ideas of how everything is supposed to happen. In the Jewish culture, there are several stages to a wedding or a marriage process. The scripture says fiancé or engaged, depending on your version. In other places, it says Joseph decides to end the relationship. It talks about divorce. You don't divorce somebody you're just engaged to. At least in our culture, we don't do that. We break up with them or we stop seeing them. But their culture was much more serious. It's more complicated. So we didn't 
we don't understand it the way they understood it. In those days, marriages were arranged. Mary is kind of stuck with Joe. We don't know if she picked him. We don't know if she loved him. We don't know how this happened, but basically it's somebody that made a deal with her dad, and that's how this arrangement started. What historians have said, Mary is somewhere between the ages of 13 and 17. Joseph is around 30 or so. How many are comfortable, if you're a father, for a 30 or so hitting on your 13 or 15-year-old? That's not happening on my watch. How about yours? <laughs> and all the dads are like, that's right. But that was the culture. So Joseph would have to support Mary. He'd need a job. He'd have to go through Mary's dad when he had the money to finalize the marriage. They created a contract or a deal on how much he'd have to pay to be Mary's husband. There'd be an agreement. It's pretty much all business. Sounds like the reality shows today. The Bachelor. 24-hour bride. Bridezilla. Anyway, back to our story. Joseph would agree with the contract, and he'd seal the deal with Mary's dad. And when he had the money for the agreed price, then they'd have the marriage feast or the wedding party. So it was several steps. It wasn't just the way that we know it. It isn't like a Vegas or American marriage where it's just like, I love you. Yep. Okay, we're married. Woo! That just doesn't happen like that. It wasn't the express lane. This isn't eHarmony or FarmersOnly.com. Just saying. So they're somewhere in the middle of the whole deal. He's working to bring her home when he has all the things together, all the T's crossed, the I's dotted, the money together. And this is where it starts getting crazy. She's pregnant. And he knows it's not from him. So it appears, now you kind of understand, it appeared that I shot the balloon. I really didn't shoot the balloon. Tom had a thumbtack and popped the balloon. But it appears that she was unfaithful, and so the emotions and the thoughts running wild, and then it gets worse. She seems to be delusional. She's lost her marbles. She's hallucinating. Takes her an hour and a half to watch 60 minutes. She's a fry short of a Happy Meal. Her favorite color is clear. However you want to put it. She tells him, it's not what you're thinking. God did it. Now, it's never happened before. There's no reference for him to understand, uh, to go back like, oh, this is a common occurrence, or well, we've known this is happening. This is just totally new. She's saying, you got to believe me. She's telling him that the Holy Spirit is who did this. Now, I don't know what the word is that the kids would use today, but Joseph is going, freaky. This seems weird. You're telling me this. I don't know how this could be. This is a good place to just stop for a second and let you know that when God has you do something, it doesn't mean everybody's going to be in favor of it. It doesn't mean that everything is going to be explained. He didn't tell me when we started TLC, Brett, here's your first five years, and this is what you're going to do every day. He said, I want you to start a church. Here's what I want you to call it, and here's the scripture. I'm like, okay. I've never started a church. I always was put into a church or voted into a church, and that's how it happened. But I had to do my homework and say, okay, this is what I need to do. And so I would do whatever he told me to do, and, and the rest is, is history. 
But she had to tell Joseph because obviously he plays a big part in this. He'll be the king's earthly father. And this is where we find out a lot about Joseph. In those days, remember the contract. If she would have done this, he has an out. The contract could be null and void. He could, in their culture, bring a certificate of divorce. If he did that publicly, he would get her dowry, the money that she had. He would get to keep all of that and uh, that she would present as a bride, and he would not have to pay the money to her dad for the contract. So in his world, it could be a win-win. Then he would just put this behind him and move on. Life moves on. She would be humiliated, uh, and you know he doesn't have to worry about that. He's just moving on. But he wasn't like that. He was a good man, even though he believed, you know, he's like, I'm not sure she's telling me the truth. Uh, but he decided to do it quietly, which means he would divorce her with no fault. In other words, in our culture, it'd be he would just leave, he'd just break up. He'd give her back her dowry, he wouldn't keep her money. He'd still have to pay the contract to the father and not be able to take her as his wife. And she wouldn't be humiliated and he would still just move on. But it speaks well of his integrity for Mary or him as a man. He didn't want to embarrass her or ruin her life. So there was some sort of a relationship there. But let me say this real quick if you're taking notes. God is all about your character and who you are in private as well as public. But an angel appears to Joseph, confirms Mary's story, convinced Joseph to go through with the marriage plan. So the angel says, she's telling you the truth, Joe. And he's like, okay. That doesn't mean everybody else believes it. It just means now Joseph is on board. Can you imagine that just emotional roller coaster? Second thought for today, obedience is required. Now they have, God is saying, this is what is going to happen. Now you have to walk that out. The, the pressure to obey is great. The odds were against them, and it's not easy. Thinking about a 13 to 15-year-old bringing in the Messiah to the world, almost loses her husband, and then she thinks it can't get any worse. Maybe she, at 13 or 15, how many 13 or 15-year-old girls are emotionally stable? Let's just be real. How many 13 or 15-year-old kids, boy or girl, are emotionally stable? It's, it's hard, isn't it? So they have all of this pressure. Luke 2, 1 through 7, it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Sirius Augustus. All the world should be registered. The census first took place while Cornelius was governing Syria. All went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now think about this. Everything wasn't finalized yet, so they still have all this pressure from outside. They're being, I guess a word would be ostracized or just being condemned or judged, however you want to put that. But with our story continues, the government, they wanted to count where everybody was, maybe so they could bleed them for money later. I don't know. Our government would never do that. <laughs> Another way to look at this, there's, there's prophecy out there. Joseph, we just read, is from the house of David, the lineage. And, and God had to get them in place. So he had to, even if God has to move the world, he'll get you where he needs you to be. 
The time it would have taken them to get to Bethlehem from where they were is about four days. On top of that, she is with child. I mean she is with child. You can't hide a woman that is with child. Now, my wife is five foot tall if her hair's puffed, maybe. And when she was with child, she was with child. From behind, she looked the same. But if I called her, hey, Kim, and she turned, she could clear off a coffee table. Because, I mean, she was with child because she's just tiny. The Bible says, you got to understand what it says, the time came. She can't get to an ambulance. She can't call 911. She can't say, excuse me, my water broke. Get me to the hospital. Let's step back and look at where they are. They're in an occupied country. They're traveling, and they're not in very good shape. I mean, can you imagine? She's riding on a, on a donkey, and, you know, I mean, she's with child. She probably has to go to the bathroom quite a bit. I don't know. I'm just saying. They're not in good shape. Well, shape if you're counting a kangaroo. But they're not in shape to be traveling. Joseph's not working because he has to now go get counted in the census. I'm thinking Mary's probably going, why did I agree to this? Have you ever thought things like that? Why did I say yes? Now she's got the family upset because she can't be with them at Christmas. I just put that in. Really, Christmas hadn't started. They're just starting the first Christmas. Just want to make sure you're awake. Back to our story. Uh, they get there due to the crowds. The hotels are all booked. The Internet's down. Hotel.com didn't have anything. There's no place to stay. This could be the very first Verbo, though. Vacation rental by owner. But we can relate. This isn't what she thought it would be. I mean, she's going to have the Messiah. She just, I mean, you probably, there's probably a way in her mind she thought it wasn't going to be like this. But it isn't the nativity scene that we're used to seeing. The wise men are there, which in reality, they weren't there. Our third thought this morning is home alone. This isn't about Kevin. It's about Mary and Joe. Many people deal with this, especially during the holiday season. And they, uh, Mary and Joe, would, they've felt judged by their families and, and not accepted because of this pregnancy. There's all these issues at hand. Now think about this. I never really thought this until I started really thinking more. If Joseph had to be there and he had family, so would his family. His, if his dad was still alive, his dad would have to be there. Are you with me? So they would have to be there to be counted. But it's amazing that there's still no place for them to stay. So it's kind of, I'm just trying to read between the lines here. You're not staying with me. So they get the barn. So no matter how you slice it, they were alone. Luke 2 8 through 20 says, that night there are shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them. The radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior 
Yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. You'll recognize him by this sign. You'll find a baby wrapped in sn snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven. Peace on earth to those to whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what, they had, ha what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All those who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. I think it is cool that the angel, that God said, let's go get the shepherds. They are the first ones that get to the party. They are the first ones that got the invitation. And is, who's the head shepherd in this whole church thing? Jesus. So it's kind of cool that he goes to the shepherds and says, hey, it's time to partay. I need you guys to go. And so they do. They crash the barn at 1 a.m. in the morning. I don't know how that, I don't know, I'm not obviously a girl, but pregnant or just having a baby, probably not up to company much, but, you know, again, she knows why she, she's doing what she's doing and why, what's happening, but in that time, have you ever started and things are starting to happen and you just are like, I just want to get through the holiday. I just want to get through this time. You know, for again, for those that love Christmas, you're like, oh, I, I just love it all year long. There's those that are like, okay, you can't do anything until after Thanksgiving. Isn't that right, Rob? <laughs> I want to give you quickly three holiday tips just to keep you above the craziness. Number one, I want you to be kind. The Bible says kindness leads into repentance. So give the people that you love a break. Maybe there were words exchanged, maybe this, maybe that. Who's going to be the more spiritual person here? Let God deal with that. Give them a break. Forgive and be kind. Take the high road. Walk in love and forgiveness before you get there. Can I say that one more time? Before you get there. Now, I'm just telling you things that have happened with Kim and I. Our first child was a stillborn, and uh, he just had a birthday, November 26th. And that holiday was a tough one for us. I remember sitting outside of my mom and dad's house and her and I holding hands and we looked at our watch and said, how long are we gonna be in here? And everybody in there loved us. So you just need, it wasn't like Mary and Joseph here. We, you know, Thanksgiving was no good. And so Christmas, you know, we were just trying to figure this out, how to walk through this. And I remember holding my precious wife's hand and saying, we got this. God's going to help us. We'll probably be here for about two hours. We'll hold each other and hold it together for two hours. And we gave each other a signal. If you come up and you tap me or squeeze my hand two or three times, I'll know that I'm going to hold you close or we're going to, you know, whatever. Nobody else knew that but her and I. And that year was, was one of the toughest years. And my sister she might be watching. Oh, there she is. And uh, Amy and Katie were there and Matt, my nephews. And because of everything that happened, we didn't, we, we didn't shop or anything. I mean, it was a very hard year. And 
I had just, Lord, I need, I need you. I need a... And he had spoke to me and told me to do, so I rented a horse-drawn carriage. And, uh, and it was coming that night, Christmas Eve. We were at my mom and dad's. It was coming that night. And that was our gift to them. We didn't buy any presents. We bought a memory. And I remember telling Matt, Matt was just a little guy, I mean, you know, and I said, well, there's a present coming. I want you to keep your ears. I want you to listen. Now, see, when I said this, when people are alone or they're hurting, serving is the answer. That's one of the answers God will use, helping someone else. And Matt was just a little kid, Amy and Katie, just a little. They didn't understand. But pretty soon you heard this clip, clop, clip, clop, clip, clop, and you could hear this horse coming. And I said, Matt. Man, he was up against my dad's. I still can see his face pushed up against the glass on the door. And the, and the carriage was all lit up with Christmas lights. And the kids just screamed with glee. They were just so happy. And so we rode all around the neighborhood singing Christmas carols. And I'll tell you, if there was ever a time that I felt like I had gotten through somewhere that we were going to make it, it was during that night. 1 Corinthians 13, 7 says, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. That's the love chapter. The second tip I can give you this morning is it came to pass, and it came to pass. If you're going through a hard time, it's come to pass. It's seasonal. Ecclesiastes says there's a time for everything, a season for every activity under the heaven. Lamentations 3, 21 through 23 says, Yet I still dare to hope when I remember the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. All the stuff that they went through, God's got this. There's a plan. He knows just what to do. The Bible says they had to flee for their lives because the king was threatened by the real king. We say three wise men, but the Bible just talks about three gifts. It doesn't say there's three wise men. It says there's three gifts. The truth is there could have been a whole entourage that came with these wise men, this magistrate. And I think that's one of the reasons that Herod was freaking out, that he was scared. But it came to pass. God would protect what is his. Maybe Christmas seems to be tough this year because pressure. Maybe a divorce happened. Maybe you're alone. Maybe the kids are gone. Um, you know, empty nest type thing. Maybe you've lost a parent or you went through sickness or maybe there's financial challenges. Debts. Maybe you need a job. Maybe it's the first Christmas away from your family. I don't know. There could be a, a bunch of lists, but just know it won't always be this way. We've had to tell some people that are close to us, this came to pass. It will change. It's not here to stay. Difficult times come, but know this, there's a new day coming. It came to pass. Joy comes in the morning. The Bible says weeping lasts for a night, but joy comes in the morning. God wants to help you in every situation. He always provides for you. And it is about trusting in him. Let's put all this together here real quick. A twist of the story, Mary and Joseph had to run to Egypt. It wasn't their home. 
They did it to survive and save their son. Herod decides every baby two years and under should be killed. Remember, I told you the wise men weren't there. Uh, but this is why, because they came back and reported it had been time since that. So the child had grown, and that's why Herod had that decree put out. The wise men came later. Um, so when they did come, they brought three types of gifts. And the historians, they say the, the gifts range that they gave Jesus between 500000 and 1500000 in today's dollars. That's a lot of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But, you know, they're giving to the king. But now think about this. Joseph can't go back and do his business. They're on the run. God has already made provision for the whole time they're gone for them to be taken care of. He always provides for your needs. Here's our third holiday tip, and then we'll be closing this out. He is always with you. Maybe you've made some decisions for Christ that have been unpopular with your family. Maybe because of your faith, you lost what you once thought were your friends. I've had that happen. I don't want to be your friend anymore because I wouldn't participate in some of their things anymore. I still like them. I just wasn't going to do those anymore. Everybody in this room has had a lonely moment sometime or another. Mark 10, 29 and 30, Jesus replied, I assure you that everyone who has given up house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or property for my sake and for the good news will receive now a return a hundred times as many houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, property, along with persecution in the world to come. That person will have eternal life. Jesus says this. He said, if this happened because you're doing what I've asked you to do, I'll back you up. I'll take care of you. I'll restore what you think you've lost a hundred times over. God will bring people to you. No fear. Fear is of the enemy. God does not want you to be afraid. If you feel lonely, God says, just invest in me, in the kingdom, and he'll bring what you need. He'll send you help. He'll send you friends. My mother-in-law is, is here today, and she is one of the most generous ladies I've ever met in my life. And my father-in-law, who is with Jesus now, they, they always would bless us at Christmas. Matter of fact, we were in ministry away from town. We were, you know, I never thought I'd be back here in town other than to visit family. And they would get us, I mean, they got us good stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Name brand stuff, if it was food, it was always Pop-Tarts, not poop tarts or or whatever it was always the good stuff and they bought a mallory they bought mallory a little red corvette and it was battery operated and i we still have a video somewhere and we have pictures of her and zach was just tiny riding around in that yard in that little corvette but all that stuff came at christmas they just they just that's how they they just well we didn't live in town so i had to load all that up in the van all the kids, all the stuff, we were packed like the Beverly Hillbillies trying to get home. I mean, there's stuff in there. Some of the stuff was, you know, I, I, I got a, a uh, years ago, they got me a gun chest, uh, you know, whatever. I mean, it was big. Some of those are big. I put them all in there. Of course, it wasn't put together. You know, it's one of those. But still, it's heavy. I'm thinking, all the way home, you know, Kim's, you know, we're thanking the Lord for the the bounty, I was about to say something else, so, you know, she'd be saying, don't say that, you can't say that. But, all the, you know, the God's goodness, and I'm like, this is all I'm thinking, because I'm the dude. The girl doesn't think like the dude. Because, you know, 
She's like, it's so good. God is so good. I just love him so much. I'm like, I love him too. But how am I going to get this car unloaded? And she'll be like, I can help you. You're four foot 11. You can't. Leah, put that gun rack on your shoulder, baby. Go take that in there. I mean, but, you know, I'm, that's what's going through my mind. And then, you know, we're getting there in the wee hours of the morning. The kids are all asleep. Got to carry them in. I got to unload this stuff. And I remember on the way home, this is a true story. God, how am I going to, I don't know how I'm going to unload this. There, he had a man sitting in our drive when I pulled in that went to the church I was pastoring. And he said, hey, pastor, sorry to be in your drive so late, but I just felt like God told me I'm supposed to be here. I'm like, shut the front door. Come back here, Kenny. Let me show you how we open the lid on this thing. Can you carry that by yourself? <laughs> no, I helped him. But it was just so amazing. God brought that man, set him right there. He unloaded everything with me. If you look around True Life Church this morning, you have a new family. You have people that care about you. People that will be there for you. You're not alone. You don't have to live in survival mode. No more paycheck to paycheck. I mean, we're all in school. We're all learning. I mean, I don't do everything right, and I'm figuring all this out as well. But I'm telling you, we'll teach you how to live in the kingdom. Here in this house with these people, with God leading, with blessing on your life. There's so much more. Remember this, we celebrate Christmas because he came. He is the reason for the season. And here's the newsflash, y'all. I sound like Jessa, don't I? Sorry. <laughs> Her and Rob, she just, Mal just read us something she wrote and she said, y'all, and I got that stuck in my head. He's not leaving. You can't get rid of him. There's nothing you can do to make him love you more, and there's nothing you can do to make him love you less. Emmanuel means God with us. My challenge to you this morning is change your mindset. No matter what this holiday has brought you in the past, could you embrace maybe more of God this year? Maybe just a little more of, okay, Lord. Sometimes we have to stretch more as the family grows. It comes with the territory. But I have to remind myself, why am I celebrating? I'm celebrating because Jesus is the Messiah. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes?